And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, we may be a day late, but we are never a dollar short here at the Weighing In Podcast because Josh Thompson and I have gotten our asses back to where they're supposed to be from Barely. places far away. <laughs> Barely with the airlines love us. They just, they, they, they torture us. But we're here for the Weighing In Podcast and we got all kinds of things to talk about. Eagle FC, Bellator, MMA. And all the great things that are happening in the world of combat sports. What is up, my man? You're looking a little tired. I was really frustrated last night. I got to tell you, man, you could probably hear in my through text how mad I was. I, I have to fly from Arizona to San Jose. And I have three airports, mind you, that are by me. I can fly to San Jose, San Francisco, or Oakland, all within, you know, 30, 40 minutes of my house. San Jose is like seven minutes away. It's perfect. So the airport. I, I have to fly into lax uh, there's no straight flights yeah that this is to phoenix it's not like phoenix is a yeah, small city it, or a small airport it's an hour and 15 minutes away or something like that on a plane i have to fly into la which is an hour flight not even that it's like 50 minutes or something john i am so mad i'm sitting in the <laughs> i'm sitting in the delta club just waiting i'm just waiting for my fucking flight to go and i get down there like i always do about 15 minutes before the flight and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm going to show up. I kind of show up late because uh, I kind of sit towards what, the... what words did you just say? That wasn't late. I always show up towards... I, up I know, late. I know. I, I, but I wasn't late, though. I wasn't late. <laughs> I was 15 minutes before my flight was supposed to take off. Okay. So I show up 15 minutes before because I like to board last, you know, or close to the last because then I sit more towards the front of the plane. I'm like, and I don't want to go through everything. And you're a celebrity. I mean, that's, no, what, no, that's no, what celebrities no, do, no. right? That's, that's, I don't know if that's what they do. I wouldn't know. I don't know any fucking celebrities. <laughs> So close celebrity I know is fucking podcast Dave. There you go. <laughs> you know, so we I normally board lot. I kid you not. I'm just sitting in the Delta Club waiting for my flight to to go. I walk down 15 minutes before, and the guy's like, "Oh no!" I'm like, "Yeah, when are you going to start boarding?" And he's like, "Oh, I called your name." I'm like, <laughs> "You called my name? Where?" I'm like, "How do you not?" I have a question. How do you not call out people's names in the club where you know like people are there? They, and not, I'm mean, here. If you're in that club, well, how does and, he know you're there? Well, if you're, he in, doesn't he know, know you're there. Well, he's know he knows I've checked in. He knows I've checked in. Yes. And the, yes. like, how do you? No, no. How are you not announcing that, regardless of whether it's me or anybody else? How are you not announcing that you're boarding the flight 15 minutes early and closing the doors 15 minutes early? How are you not announcing that in the in the club? Like these people have fucking these people are working places going. Even if it's not me, they're having to go to work they're trying to get home on a sunday to their fucking families you whatever like it you? is yeah i'm just like i'm trying to get home and these motherfuckers are and, and then the guy has the nerve to go sir don't talk to me that way he's like oh, you know what you, you know i'm not gonna let you talk to me this way and i'm like oh my gosh <laughs> i wanted to come unhinged i was like man fuck anyways i just i was really baffled by the fact that because i look i have always had great things to say about delta you know, um, except for the, the the COVID Delta, but the the regular Delta Airlines is fine. Like it just it's been good. Like I, I've been flying with them for I don't know five years, something like that. Never had a problem with them really. Nothing. You know, not, little small stuff. This though, how are you gonna say 
that you're going to, and there's only like one or two gates in LAX that do this, John, where they shut the gate early because they have to drive you down on the tarmac to your plane. Yeah, I've been, on, I've, I've been on those gates many times. If I, you're know not exactly, from, I know exactly where it is. It's, and it's if, towards the very front, actually. As yeah. you come into LAX, they drive you all the way to the front of the thing because they've got the smaller planes. Like, I don't know. If you're not from there, that area or you don't, you and there's only like one or two gates in the whole airport to do it. Yeah. And so, like, I'm supposed to know that you're going to, that's the, that's the, I'm at the <laughs> gate that's going to shut down 15 minutes early and drive me out to my, my, my plane on the tarmac. And they're gonna close the gate, and you're gonna be sh- shitting. You're gonna be sitting there. You're gonna be shitting yourself. You're gonna be shitting yourself. <laughs> I was so mad. I was fucking livid because you know we went through that process in the in, earlier in the day, rushing trying to get to the airport, trying to catch oh, yeah. the flights. I was like, son of a bitch. And then there's of course there's no flights out from LAX because they're all canceled, they're all delayed, or they're all full. Oh man, I was pissed. I almost rented a car and drove home. I mean, I was so mad. I was livid, man. I was livid. And, the, and the, the guy, his name was Timothy. 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 Yeah. Thank you, uh, Timothy. He, and he goes, he goes, I'm not going to let you talk to me this way. And I was like, oh. <laughs> oh, man. See, there's I those take, moments you go, I want to. I really I want to. I had to take a step back and go, <laughs> you're definitely from L.A., you fucking pansy. I was so mad. I was so mad. I'm not going to let you talk to me this way. <laughs> what the fuck? Anyways. The, be- just, the best is... I- you know, I, I did the same thing, and I ended up flying to a city I, way far away from where I wanted to be. And then I go and I get to my gate, you know, and, and I'm I'm, watch, I'm watching the football game on my phone. It's right near the end of the Ram and Niner game, so I'm trying to watch it. And then it's delayed, right? And I'm like, are you shit? All right, well, good. It gives me I, I can watch watch the game. And then finally, you know, my flight takes off an hour late, and I get into where I'm supposed to be. I'm home. And I sit on the tarmac at 12.30 at night. Now, it's 12.30 at night. And I sit on the tarmac for 39 minutes because they have to clear another plane from a gate. It's like, I got home at 2.30 something in the morning. I was like, man, it figures. John, you got to be thinking, there's a fucking traffic jam at the airport at fucking (laughs) 12.30 at night. There's nobody there. You got to be kidding me. Like, how do you not move these things out of here? That's Yep. Uh, gotta love it yeah that's the joy of travel yeah i just uh, let's talk about the good things in life fighting let's do it let's do it like you should have done to timothy (laughs) i should have whooped his ass he was kind of tall though (laughs) i wanted to jump and swing up to probably hit him in the knees he was probably a good six four six five easily you know me i'm only like five six or some shit i don't know uh well, right. we had we did have the Eagle Fighting Championship for the first time in the U.S. Khabib brings his promotion over and uh, puts on a show. I watched a couple of fights. I wasn't able to watch all of them. I know you watched a couple of them. weren't able to watch all of them. But uh, let's talk about Sergey Karatanov versus Tyron Spong. What did you think? Well, Sergey fought the, the textbook fight. I don't know why Tyron Spong. I mean, like. Here's not big enough. Tyron Spong threw one body kick in the first round, like like twenty seconds. Karen Thompson, and, and fuck like, that. Fuck this. I'm done. I'm taking <laughs> him down. I'm taking him <laughs> down. He's like, I had a moment there where I thought I was gonna like just go ahead and stand I, and knock I, him out. I'll stand with you. No. No. He's like, yeah. You're too fast. You kick too hard. He's like, no, thanks, man. Nah. 
And the last thing you want is your big ass heavyweight who cuts weight probably to make heavyweight. Oh, he does. Yeah, Karatanov. We watched cuts him. Weight to make, yeah. So uh, Tyron Spong is a stud. We all know that. He's a great kickboxer. He just has nothing on the ground for uh, for Karatanov. The size, the weight. And, and anytime, Ever. like I've said this before, anytime you get a heavyweight like that who has a little bit of Sambo and control in the top position, the heavyweight on bottom is, and, and Tyron Spong is not a heavyweight. He's a 205 pounder pretty much. Yeah. Just beefed up, what, another 15 pounds? Yeah. Um, they're, they're, like, they're like turtles on their back. You know, I mean, they really are. They're, just, they're flopping around with their legs kicking and, you know, arms kicking in the air, but nothing's happening. And Karatov just putting the beat down on him. I'm like, yeah. It was, it was kind of how I thought the fight should have went if Karatov fought smart fought and smart. went that way. That's exactly yeah. it. Were, yeah, going into it, I go, Karatanov is much slower than Spong. You know, big tough guy, man. He's got a, he he does if it gets into a phone booth, he's dangerous because he's got great uppercuts and he's super strong and his hands are huge anyways. And it was like, but man, if if Tyrone cannot, I don't know how big their cage is going to be. And then when I watched, it, I go, Tyrone's in trouble. As soon as they walked, as soon as I, I turned it on, and then they walked in, that's the first thing I thought. I was like, oh, Tyrone's in Spong. He's never gonna get away from Karatanov once he once Karatanov decides to that's it and he did took him down beat him up and it's you know Spong what do you expect there's there's nothing for him to do that's not his strength you know to fight someone like that especially on the ground if it was a kickboxing match Tyron's gonna win that match too yeah. fast you know too explosive but it went the way I thought it would once I saw it it was uh good for Karatanov he's he's a great guy super mm. good guy Lots of kids. <laughs> he needs them. He needs this. So it was good for him. But if you you know you remember when you know Spong was talking about he wanted to be the boxing, he wanted to be a boxing champion, a kickboxing champion, and an MMA champion at the same time. That's why I always tell people you can't do those things because no. you can't you can't dedicate enough time to be good at all of them. It's just impossible. Yeah, just focus on one. Yep, that's it. Be be the best at one, and then dispatch that, and then go to the next one if you need to. But make yep. your make your priority one of them. Did you see yeah. Rashad? Yes, I did see Rashad. Now Rashad talked to you about coming back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think he's happy coming back now? Yeah, I think he's I think he's happy that he came back. I think yeah. he, it was good for him to get that that feeling in that rush. I don't know if he'll fight again. Okay, I don't think he should. That was my whole question. Okay. And think he feels good. Now do you think he's going to fight again? He, yeah, here's the thing. Like, if you look back at his, towards the end of his career, right, he had a lot of bad losses. But mm. he's also not fighting the guys that, you know, Checo's not that type of fighter. You know I mean? Yeah. Going wrong, he has he has some, he has a little bit of power, a little bit of, you know, he mixed up. So he almost caught Rashad with a head kick. Yeah, he's a good hammer. off the head. Yeah, he's he's someone, like you said, exactly like you said. He's He's a good hammer. But when he becomes a nail, he becomes a nail. He gets, you know, he, he'll fold quickly. So he's tough. I mean, you know, but Rashad, Rashad used to be able to mix it up a little bit better and stuff. But I thought Rashad fought a good fight, being out, being out that being long, out that and then yeah. so and then coming back. Look, when I talked to him, he's like, "Yeah, you know, I'm in a good place in my life. I'm this and I'm like, I said, I love it, man. I love the fact that you want to get back in there and do it. I don't know if he'll do it again, but." He's like, "Yeah, don't you miss it?" And I was like, "Fuck no!" Like. <laughs> I have no desire, none, not one shred of inkling in me to want wants to go through a training camp again. I'm like, fuck this. 
Yeah, just no way, man. And for him to do it, you know, at his age, and I'm just like, you're a stud. I got a lot of respect for you, man. And you got the win. That's the other thing. It's one thing to go out there is to, and to talk about everything, but you actually have to get in the cage and produce. And produce. And he, he did. did. He, he fought a good fight, man. Good yeah, stuff. he did. Man. I thought you, you could see a little bit timing was a little bit a problem for him because it was just like just the distance and gauging that distance and timing and stuff. That's just part of being in there at real speed and, and seeing things. But I thought he looked good after a while. I thought he was moving pretty well and the win. Way to go. I mean, it was a decision, but I thought he, uh, you know, he had moments where he you could see the old Rashad. If this is what he wants to do and wants to fight again, great. I would love to see him go out with the win. Mm-hmm. You know, he got the win, got that, you know, feeling yeah. again, but we'll see what he does with it. I mean, we'll see. Like, I wonder what these guys make because this, this was not a cheat card. No. No. It was that's not part, a cheap card. That's part of the reason you see Khabib saying he's going to go talk to Dana about promoting. It's like, he can't help you, dude. He's, no. This is, you know, like the, and this is the problem. That you can, when you do a smaller promotion, you know, and I, I, you get put into positions when you start signing guys like a Kevin Lee and you're going to put, you know, someone like that in there. Mm. And then you have fighters like, you know, Spong and, Karatanov, they're not cheap, especially heavyweights, mm-hmm. you know, and you see, you're making that move kind of up. Well, there's a lot that comes with that move up. And, you know, the expense gets to the point where it's hard for you to make money, you know, and because you got to do all these other things with it, and, you know, and they're putting it on, you know, the, the app for free TV for people, which was great. But, you know, all that comes with extra cost, too. Because there's the production that you got to pay for and all these things that come in you know very tough when you're the guy actually footing the bill to do this lose money and because uh, look he lost money no doubt about it mm-hmm. now i'm not saying that all that money comes out of khabib's pocket you and i know that he's got investors and stuff and guys yeah. that are from not places. one cent of that came out of his pocket <laughs> <laughs> okay exactly but you know he doesn't it's it's like a loss mm-hmm. you know and you don't want that loss you want you know no. you want to be successful you want to do it right and you want to make those guys that are you know backing you you want to make them happy with the results of what's happening so we'll see you know how that goes but yeah this is expensive this is not an this is not a cheap venture for him yeah i look at it a little bit like how um how pride was you know and you know and uh like in terms of they had people that financially backed it Oh, and you know, and, <laughs> well, that's, a, that's yeah. a different kind of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, I, I guess you could call it like one also. It's like they have, they have people that yes. financially back it, even though it's losing money, Oh yeah. you know, but they, there's people that have a lot of money that just want to see what they want to see and they're going to pay for it. Well, they're using it in different, fa- in a different yeah, way. Yeah. 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 They, they want to see what they want to see. Like the pride version is like, no, we want to see Hungman Choi versus yeah, that's different. Hoist Gracie. Like they want to see those things, those spectacles, you know what I mean? And and uh, they'll pay for it. They'll pay. <laughs> like, hey, I own part of this promotion. You're gonna do what I tell you to do. Yeah. And so, yeah, good stuff. Anyways, uh, look, overall, I'd be like, he's gonna find. I, I think Khabib understands. It's not easy. Like you saw the promotion. I saw. They've got to do something about the cage. The cage is like a grayish color, and it's just not. It's not good. Like one used to do that, right? They have a gray canvas, and I'm like, it's very depressing. Like there's no there's no eye pop. 
Like you, yeah. you've got to like when I flip it through the channels, it's got to be something that really catches your eye. You know what I mean? And um, they it was they don't have that. They don't have that. So they got to make that change. I mean, I think that's like a lot of those promotions, like especially Russian promotions. They they used to use they were used to all the use all the white. You know, Pride had the white canvas and then the yeah. you know the clear ropes or whatever it was, the cable ropes and stuff. And it was very eye popping, you know, to the person just viewing it. So a couple little tweaks, I think, in terms of their presentation, I think will help as well. Yeah, it's but the lighting. Overall, yeah, overall, overall. I mean, I, what you were telling me about uh, uh, DeCastro, the guy who knocks everybody out and then goes out there and gets a submission. His submission, got to love it. Way to go, Jorgen. Nice job. But I was like, this is the guy that goes out. It's going to be a knockout or nothing. And nope, we're going to go. As a promoter, you're just submission. pulling your hair out going, <laughs> nah, brought you funny. on here for a knockout, not a submission. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Shit. Uh, yeah. A good win. Uh, and then um, Ray and Bork then got a Bunch. good win. That was nice. Oh. Sean Bunch looked good. Ray Bork. Go talk about Ray Bork first. Yeah, no, Ray Bork looked good. That was a that was a really clean, good fight for him. Cody Gibson, tough dude, but Ray Bork looked good in that fight, and he he needs to be happy with that win. That's getting yeah. him back on track and stuff, making him feel good about what he's doing. But he looked. Where do I know good. Cody Gibson from? He was in the UFC. God, who did he fight? John, uh, Dave, can you pull up who Cody Gibson fought? Yes, I can, and I am. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. I mean, Ray Bork. Oh, John Dotson. No, it uh, wasn't UFC though. Uh, no, that wasn't oh, UFC's yeah, yeah, thing yeah. here. So yeah, yeah. yeah wait. Yeah, down yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he fought Aljamain Sterling. That was a while back. Yeah. Yeah, he only had a few fights. Twenty fourteen. Jeez. He looks like a baby in his picture. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> yeah you guys got to update that picture he can't look like that anymore <laughs> he's tough he's a good fighter though he's a tough he's, dude he's tw yeah, yeah 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 um ray bork i tip my hat to him man he's gone through a lot personally and just it's yes to get in the cage and keep doing what you're doing to make some money man congrats happy for you sean bunch gets the win um stick and move stick and move wrestle stick and move stick and move wrestle that's it's a great game plan for Sean. He should do it all the time. Yeah, because these guys can't. They're not as fast as him. Even Sean being thirty eight years old or whatever, however however old he is, it's it's insane how fast he is. It's crazy, and he can wrestle like the Dickens man. He's yeah, he can. He's a stud. So congrats to him, and I'm sure he'll be back on the Eagle FC cards and stuff. <clears throat> all right, well let's say let's uh, that wraps it and concludes our Eagle FC coverage and talk about it, but. Um, look, John, before we move on from that, where do you think Khabib goes now from here with this promotion? Does he stay in the States, keep trying to work it here, or does he? I think he, since, look, when you open the door, you can't just let it s slam back shut. You got to keep it going. Now, he doesn't have to come here a lot, but he's got to, you know, he's got to have shows every now and then within the States, I'd say, you know. Three, four shows a year, that would be a good thing for him. Yeah, I know. But wait, like, yeah, that's a lot. This Okay, why did you come here? Why did you come to North America? Well, there's a reason. And you, you, you can't let the, you know, oh, I did it, and it's a one and done. Okay, but it's saying what's going to happen with, you know, yeah. your promotion. And, and the whole point of his promotion is to get it bigger and bigger, you know. And so we'll even talk about, you know, Benson Henderson, almost, you know, almost, you know, you know, he's out of his contract with uh, mm -hmm. Bellator. You know, maybe he'll go to Eagle. Who knows? But you got yeah. these guys who are now looking at you 
in that light that, hey, you're another option. And so if the door closes, yeah. it becomes different. You know, you can look at ACB or now it's ACA. They were going all over. Mm. And they, they knew that for, for people to, you know, look at them as a bigger promotion they had to move and go to different countries a little bit they, i'm not saying i thought they did it right but you know they were more into okay we're here instead of you know putting butts and seats and things mm -hmm. like that but once they stopped look at what happens you kind of fall off the map and so it's it's a tough one you know you, you once you make that move you got to continue with that move to keep things running in that direction or it, or it shuts on you fast Question, do you think Dana lets him do a show in Vegas? Dana doesn't have a choice, really. You know, if he wants who, who to do it. Who doesn't have a choice? Dana doesn't have a choice if, if Khabib does a show in Vegas. John, you know damn well. I know well. what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> you know not, damn well Dana has a choice whether he has his show there or not. <laughs> there's a, yeah, I don't think there would be a problem with it. I don't think he looks at it that way. And uh, if he wanted to, but, you know, again, you got to take a look at, where where is it expensive for you to put your promotion on and where is it cheaper for you to put your promotion on and vegas would not be one of the uh the, you don't uh, think it'd be one of the cheaper places. spots no hmm. no 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 you know, not with everything that is uh expected of you as a promoter and then on top of it i see i look at it where he went not a bad option based yeah. upon you're you're looking at what's there the problem with Vegas, you know, the UFC can make it in in Vegas, obviously, because, you know, first off, when they do the Apex ones, doesn't matter. It's their spot, and they're not really, you know, selling a lot of tickets to fans anyways. Yeah, like maybe 100 or 200, yeah. right? And, yeah. you know, most of those are giveaways to people that are... You know, with the fighters. ...doing stuff with, yep. And, but Vegas is one of those places where there's so much to do for everyone, so it's not like it's, you know, hey, this is a something that's new that we can go and see and things like that. Vegas has got it all. And so it's hard to get people's attention if you're Eagle fighting championship and you're not going to put any butts in the seats and that's not a good thing for you as a promoter. So like going to smaller, you know, venues and places that don't have a lot of options for people as far as entertainment, that's, that's a smart way of being a promoter and getting people to come out to see your show. Hmm. True. All right, well, let's move on. Bellator 273, Bader versus Moldovsky. <clears throat> John, it lived up to the hype, man. I was actually surprised. It was a very good fight. It was that, a good fight. It was and a fantastic fight for two, two heavyweights, smaller heavyweights. Yeah, but that's that the whole key. Style. That's the key. That's I think that really believe that's what makes, that's what's going to make them a lot more excited. I think Moldovsky is definitely going to be back. I think he'll, he'll probably end up winning the title, you know, eventually. That hybrid style of heavyweight, you know, Bellator doesn't have a lot of a lot of top level heavyweights. You know, I mean, and the UFC is struggling too with the heavyweights. Oh I mean, yeah, everyone is. That, heavyweights that's heavyweight. are few and far between because they're all playing football. All and basketball there you go. And all the other all, diff all the different options for them as far as sports and stuff. So, yeah, yeah, that's why they. That's why fighters excel at the lighter weights because those guys are not playing football. Well, that's <laughs> no, that's why you get you know the plethora of mm -hmm. talent. You know, when people go, oh, 155s, 145s, 130. Yeah, because they can't play NBA and NFL and now even Major baseball. League Baseball. Hell. They can, but those guys are huge as well. Hell yes. Jeez, man. You know, like so I'm friends with Brad. I'm friends with Brad Penny. He's enormous. Huge. He's, I'm just like, yeah. 
I was like, man, no wonder you could throw the ball so damn hard. <laughs> yeah, because you're almost at the damn plate by the Fuck. time you stretch. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah, I never had that problem. <laughs> I'm only 5'6". <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, overall, though, Ryan Bader did exactly what I thought he needed to do. Uh, there was a, a couple brain farts in the fight. Um, The very by first both. round. By both. Yeah, there was. Yeah. But the very first round, he has Moldovsky rocked, and then he goes to the clinch. I don't think like, he went to the clinch. I, 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 I he don't. shot in, John. <laughs> no, he closed. He was trying to finish. He was trying to finish. He he hit Moldovsky with a big right hand and then followed it with another huge right yeah. hand that had Moldovsky going down. But when Moldovsky went down, he kind of he pushed forward to come into Bader as, Ader, as Bader's coming in, and it ended up in the clinch. And Moldovsky's good enough to hold on to that clinch. And ride out, you know, the the trouble time and get to the point where he's not so hurt. But I, I like the fact that Bader was going after him, trying to finish the fight. You know, yes, could he have, you know, instead of rushing in to try to, you know, finish it? Eh, dude, I, I understand why he did it. Is that not like I was wondering? Like that could have been close to a ten eight round. No. He had him reel in. He he did drop him. He sat him to his butt. Oh, you, you know, he, well, he fence. sat him to his butt as far as his feet were still on the ground, but you know, yeah. knocked, put him down. The fence held him up. Yes, absolutely, yeah. no doubt about yeah. it. And but you take a look at it was a a moment of action for we'll say ten seconds, mm. and then there was a lot of non-action with Moldovsky being smart, holding on to a clinch, slowing Bader down. And Bader wasn't able to do enough to make it, you know, continue on in that 10-8 fashion. So, no, it was a 10-9 round in my opinion, but, yeah. you know, definitely an easy round for, to say, goes to Bader. Yeah. And and definitely the way that he needed to start off the fight, in my opinion. I thought that was a, a oh, key yeah. element in uh, him getting that win was that he actually came out and he wasn't the guy getting hurt. He was putting the, the you know, trouble onto somebody else. And I, and I think... I, I got to give it to Ryan Bader in this fight because he had moments where he was having problems. Yeah. And he had moments that, you know, things were not going for him. And he was tired. And you could tell he was in shape because, man, he would take that minute rest and he'd come back and he was ready to go. Cause, and by the end of the round, it looked like, ooh, he is, he is breathing hard. And start of the next round, you go, way to go, man. You yeah, are he's in a different shape fighter at heavyweight. He's just a different way better because he would die out at light mm -hmm. heavyweight. I said he was losing too much weight. Mm -hmm. How long ago did we say Ryan Bader needs to stay at heavyweight? And that was before he went back. I said, just give up yeah. the light heavyweight title. Heavyweight yeah. is your division. It's yeah. perfect for him. Moldovsky will be his toughest task. I think moving forward, they'll probably end up fighting again here, but I'd say probably within the next two years. Yeah. If Ryan's still fighting, Ryan's but I'm still saying fighting. I could see that. Yeah, I could see that happening. Um, Ryan could stop fighting at any time because yeah. Ryan is set. He's got an incredible yeah. life. He's got an incredible family and stuff. And yeah, he doesn't need to fight. He just likes to. <laughs> I have no idea who likes to fight. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I you bouncing around it. in that cage. I used to. Love I saw it, you were getting that feeling back. Yeah, no, I was trying to talk no. you into it. <laughs> I miss the noise though. I do. When I got in the cage this last this last fight on in that Phoenix, bounce the bouncing around. You hear the the boards and the and the yeah. But the way you stuff. were bouncing, it was really it was like very that. stiff. <laughs> it was very stiff. I thought I was gonna fucking throw my back out. <laughs> but let's talk about the elephant in the room, John. Um, I was right. Ryan Bader was the faster fighter. <laughs> elephant in the room. I thought they were very. All they were those very, refs. They were very much. 
Very all those much refs that called you, they're all bullshit. <laughs> but the, bullshit. Bull, they have no the idea. Number one about. bullshit. That's what they are. Number, number one, one bullshit. <laughs> this bullshit. This bullshit. Number one bullshit. Right. It, but it is true. Ryan looked. He looked because he, he did not look fast at light heavyweight. You take a look at, but he did look fast against Moldovsky there. The, I, they were they were a lot closer than I thought. To be honest, no, I thought Ryan Bader was going to be a lot faster than him, and it wasn't that significant. But it was more significant in the beginning portions of the rounds because, like you said, he got he, his recovery and he was fresh. Yep, like his first minute and a half, two minutes of every round, he was fresh, and then he. He started dying out a little bit, but there's a lot of wrestling that just oh, yeah, starts tiring you out. For heavyweights, that's exhausting. So yeah, what, I thought that one of the big differences, and I I didn't know if that would happen in the in the fight was Bader had a lot more power. Yeah, the explosiveness of when he landed, I thought he landed with heavier shots throughout the fight. Yeah, and then no, I, uh, I look at look at I look at guys like DC, well D and and everyone he trained with at 205, getting ready for 205 fights, they're like. He he hits hard, yeah. But when he goes to heavyweight, he's like he's sitting people down. Like training partners are like, he's like, Oh, I didn't even hit him hard. They're just they're just getting wobbled, they're getting sat to their butts, they're getting hit in the knee. He was he was dropping people in training. He's just a different fight that has more way more power. Some people yeah. don't translate that power though. Nope, that's true. Like when you're at a lower weight and then you go up, sure you may develop it, but sometimes sometimes that lower weight doesn't translate. If I went up to one seventy, I'd still have I'd have even less crack than I already had at fifty five. <laughs> It's embarrassing. I swear it's embarrassing. Yeah, that's why I try to always kick because I knew if I caught you with the kick, I'd probably have a good chance of winning the fight. But my hands, I didn't even bother. <laughs> Javier used to make fun of me because I had like I have the worst as a, as a Mexican. I'm a, I'm half Mexican for those of you guys that don't know, and I, I have the worst left hook in the game. And they're like Mexicans and body shots and left hooks is like their bread and butter. Bread and butter, baby. That's Not it. this one. Not this one. <laughs> Not this guy. <laughs> nah, that was that was the white side it's, that came it's through. It's that angle, man. You, you go to that angle to get that that digging in, and the white guy takes over, and it's like, no, it was horrible, man. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's embarrassing. I felt so embarrassed for myself, uh, but it is what it is. Um, all right, with the co-main event, John. When we had talked off air, I didn't want to say this, you know, on air. Um, we had talked off air, <clears throat> yeah, throughout the week of the fight, and I said. This fight right here between Benson Henderson and Islam Mamadov, it has the chance of being the boringest fight on the card. Absolutely. And it ended up being probably the best fight on the card. It was a great fight. It, it was a great a job because of Benson fight. Henderson and the what he did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was an absolute amazing fight from beginning to end. Benson, this this reminded me a little bit of that Adam Piccolotti fight. Where there, he never stopped moving. He just kept scrambling. He just kept trying to fight out of positions. He fought. He fought a good fight. He fought hard. We haven't seen that Benson Henderson in a long time. And I think was it you that said on air, said this is the Benson Henderson that the that Bellator was hoping to sign thirty, you know, whatever five years ago or however long. But I think what happened was we really didn't do him any favors by allowing him to fight at one seventy. Uh, I Bellator did, every time he's did fought him, there in Bellator, he's got crushed. But it's also him. Because he's the guy, and this is not a dig. Stubborn. He, you know, and I've talked to his, you know, his coach, John Crouch, about it. I said, John, why is he? He goes, I can't talk I him talk out of it. I talked to his wife. His wife said he's stubborn. I can't <laughs> talk like, him out of it. You know, he goes, John, he yeah. goes, I don't ever want him to fight. I can't talk him out of it. I can't tell him what to do. And he, once he sets his mind, he's going to do it. And it's like, okay, I understand. But it's like, yeah, the, the, the Korshkov fight, I understand why that one occurred. Yeah, I understand why he came in and took that title shot, 
and believing it because he had been fighting 170 pounders in the UFC and, and come away with wins. And he goes against Korshkov and it's just way too big, way too strong, too much length. Everything yeah. worked against him in that. But then when he goes in that, then he, when he fights Jason Jackson, I don't understand it at all. Mm-mm. It's like, why? Yeah. What are you doing? Have you not been watching this guy? And that was right off of his loss, right? To to Chandler, I think. Wasn't it? Yeah, it might have been. Can you click on Benson Force button? I think it was right after his loss to Chandler. He wanted to get back in there right away. Yeah, because he ended up like, on a three three fight losing yeah. streak because of yeah, it. Yeah, it was right yep. after his loss right after. to Chandler. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Not not a good decision in that one, but you gotta love the guy as far as you know. He comes to compete, he competes hard. You know, as soon as he started, you know, off in this fight, though, he started throwing, you know, kicks to the body. I'm like, don't do that against this guy. Mm-hmm. That's the wrong thing. Either down low or up high, you know, keep his hands, you know, committed mm-hmm. to his head with the high kicks. Yeah. You know, he's not going to catch him. He's going to look towards blocking. and It's going to be a lot better for you. But Mamadov is just this guy, man. He's so good at what he does, but he has no sense of urgency in a no. fight whatsoever. And that's yeah. his downfall because it, when you look, when you if you're Mamadoff in this, and, and I look, it was a close fight. It could have gone to either guy. I wouldn't have complained either way. It was yeah. that you know close. But if you're Mamadoff and saying, "Oh, I, I think I got screwed. I should have won that fight," it's like you. This is you need to learn I, from this because you have no sense of urgency, and you're allowing these things to occur to where someone could say, "Yeah, I think the other guy worked harder, did more." You know, Mamadov needs to, he needs to just, someone needs to teach him that that thing on the floor is called a gas pedal and you got to step on it at times. Yeah. I look at it a couple different ways because I train with Mamadov and I can tell you, I think some of it has to do a little bit with how the Dagestanis trained. There's some days where they'll come in and they'll be there for two hours straight and they will just go light and drill wall drills back and forth with each other. They really flow. There's no one, you know, going hard, no one getting hurt. They're working, really focusing on the technique, on how to get the fight to the ground. And, and but they do it in a slow manner. And some of that may just translate into the, into the actual fight itself, thinking like, yeah. I got time, I got time. Benson's I got been two guilty hours. Of, yeah, Benson's, <laughs> Benson's been guilty of fighting that way as well. I mean, look at the Miles Jury fight. And there's other fights too. He's a slow starter yeah. where he's inked out decisions, just hoping for the best, you know? And he's the, he remember the, in the UFC, he was the guy that just was able to ink out these super yep. close fight, the Gilbert fight, the, my fight. I mean, there was other fighters, a lot more. Yeah. Frankie Edgar. Other, yeah. Frankie Edgar like both. Yeah. Lots. So all of those things, I mean, Benson's been number one to do that as well and been known to do that as well. But Islam, he's also just, I mean, if not being defeated in over a decade, is impressive. Doesn't matter what organization you're fighting in. That's impressive because if you're fighting, what I want people to understand is that if you're fighting in a shitty organization, right? What's motivating you to get motivated for those shittier, the shittier fighters, knowing that you probably belong in the bigger promotions. Then you get to the bigger promotions, and then you're like, you're still used to just fighting at that 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 pace of like, oh, I can control the situation, da, 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 you know. And and he's he was doing everything he needed to do, but he just needed to be. And I told him this. You need to be more active on the top position. Go back and watch your Brent Primus fight. You're lucky that you got the decision on that as well. I mean, I'm being honest because yeah. I actually thought Brent Primus beat him because 
he didn't do anything on top except defend and escape submissions. I'm like, you can't win fights that way. That's not how you win. Like it's you not can't supposed win to be that because way. you get nothing for defense. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, and that's the thing. It's like, you should have stopped that. That's what, that's what the point is. You shouldn't get points for that. So just cause I was on top and the other guy shooting submission after submission after submission. I don't know, man. I, I had, I had premise beating him as well. Yeah. And so it just, it comes, you, you play with fire long enough in the decision area. You're going to get burned. This is you true. Know? And, uh, and that's what happened in this situation. So he's got to let it go. Like there was moments in that third round where he was, you know, Benson was on the leg. He's got to throw more striking. Benson was kind of outlanding him from the bottom, but he had the harder two strikes on the top. Yep. So that's really how it came down to. But then Benson was doing the roll through, the attack on the submissions, which none of them were really that close. No. There was that the inverted hill hook. was He kind of got it off for a second, but then he was able to get his leg back. But it was, uh, you know, I don't know. It just, it, but it ended up being a, a way better fight than I thought. The, a way better fight. Well, the the thing that made it fun for me was when you're when you're watching a fight like that, and you see when Mamadov starts to go for throws, mm -hmm. and Benson feels that ah, I, I'm going to have a problem here stopping this. Mm -hmm. He just flowed with it and rolled through it. Did some Granby rolls, some suicide rolls. All those things made it exciting because it took the fight and put it into a new position. And he never accepted that I'm going to be on the bottom. Let me try to roll yeah. through. Let me do something to make this position change. And that's what made it actually fun because then Mamadoff was out of position at times, had to try to scramble back. There was things that went on. It was close, but it was an entertaining fight as mm -hmm. far as you, you look for grappling situation and entertainment out of those things. This one had it. Yeah, when I see people on Twitter going, oh, he got robbed, Islam got robbed, I'm like, no. you can't call that a robbery. No, that's not a robbery. You can't call a robbery. It was so close. Yeah. That's not a robbery. All right, anyways, uh, Henry Corrales and Aiden Lee, this fight I thought was going to be the fight of the night, ended up being the worst fight of the card. <laughs> I'm going to put my foot in my mouth. I mean, that, no, I'm going to stop dude. saying I'm gonna stop saying shit like that. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a sneaky good fight. No, no. <laughs> no. Hey, Aiden Lee didn't come to fight. He came to get on his bike. He didn't throw anything in the first round. He started coming off strong in the second, but it just was one of those things where it was if it felt like everything was laboring and was and he seemed a lot slower. He just fight. did not look like he was in the groove. He wasn't mm -hmm. feeling comfortable. I don't know if it's that Henry hit him with a shot early on that made him go. Mm. I think it was the leg kicks, John. That. The Henry well, the, came out with the inside leg kicks, that inside calf kick and the outside calf kick. I thought yeah. it was brilliant. It really changed the movement of Aiden Lee. It really had him thinking, like, I can't afford to take too many of these. And when you're tall, long, and lanky like that, like what is he, six foot, six one? Yeah. At 145 pounds. I mean, those kick you have no muscle already on your legs. Like it's it's going straight to the Skin bone. Skin and bone. Skin and bones, man. He's a stud. You know, he's he's just gotta. He's got to have a little bit more confidence in himself, I think. You know, there's. I think he's also used to fighting wrestlers. Everyone's trying to take him down. Henry's like, I ain't taking your ass down. I'm trying to knock your ass out. Yep. You know, that's the way Henry fights. Stud, it was, you know, like, <clears throat> it's two stud fighters that I expected fireworks from. One fighter showed up and the other fight didn't. And Aiden Lee, I know he listens to our show, so he's going to probably take this a little bit to the heart. But, my friend, you're a lot better than that. You got to go out there and let it go. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, yeah, you take a, a lot of people complain because look, the fight ended up in a technical decision based upon Aiden not being able to uh, come uh, finish the third round based upon an it wasn't an eye poke, I think it was a scrape of his eye, and I, and that that could happen. And when you get your cornea gets scraped, look, you you're trying to you know clear out your vision, and 
your eyes burning and it's because your ornea your cornea got you know scratched it's gonna burn it's gonna be uncomfortable and so i don't blame him at all for that it wasn't his fault yeah you know it was a matter of he did not fight a good fight against a guy that you would have thought would be a style that he would have been happy with because he's always having guys trying to take him down. You look at his Ostrov fight from uh, from Moscow, a guy that's you know really good stand. He looked fantastic. Yeah, he moved so well. He everything was straight shots. They were fast. It was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And this one, just at moments, he had it. There was a couple times. All of a sudden, he started to get on track, and you saw those straight shots landing. You go, all right. He's starting to turn it on, and then kind of got away from it. Yeah. Yeah, it just didn't live up to the hype that I thought it would be. But let's talk about Sabah Hamasi and Jaleel Willis. Okay. I, again, Hamasi with the power. Nope, I'm going to submit nope. you. <laughs> so let me go for some. <laughs> he did great. I thought yeah. it was smart. It was. It was it great. Was it was a beautiful job by Hamasi. You know, here, here's the thing. You know, Hamasi's got, I always say it all, you know, and I've talked to him about it. Dude, don't get mad. He's, yeah. got, the, he's got that, you know, that little and you'll see I don't see understand him. why because when you talk to him he's such a nice guy. He's a great guy. But he's got that, you know, I you know he he'll talk during the weigh-ins and he'll mm-hmm. he'll you know jabber back and forth with his opponent and he starts to build up a hatred for him and yeah. it's like don't get into that. Go fight smart. Cuz when he fights smart, mm-hmm. man, he's dangerous cuz he does have pop, man. The guy you can see when he hits a guy the guy goes, "Oh shit." And then he, he's he's athletic. He can wrestle when he wants, you could see the strength because he wasn't. He didn't even get out of the half guard mm-hmm. on that arm triangle, and he was able to have enough squeeze where Willis couldn't take it and ends up, you know, tapping out to it. So, you know, he's got game, man. You know, he, it, you'll talk to me. He goes, he's man. He's I've blown it so many times. You know, not doing the right things and you know not fighting smart. He goes, my record sucks. And I go, I said, you don't have to worry about your record, dude. You have to worry about going out and putting on fights like that, going out and being, you know, the guy that everyone knows is coming to fight. You're going to be able to do this as long as you want. Yeah, if you got to think about the submission threat as well on top of that power. Yeah. See, I thought when he had when he had kind of like <clears throat> I wouldn't say he rocked uh Jalil, but he had Jalil reeling back and turned his back on him and stuff, gets to the ground. Sabah normally would just unleash the hands, right? Yep. Until the point where Jalil would get back up and the fight would continue on. In this case, he jumped in, put the hooks in, threw on the choke, and didn't get it. But then he made the transition to the top. But the was side smart in that the way he you could see him. You could see it. You know, you, you can't tell exactly what's in his mind, but you could see it by his body positioning. He wants to come up on top, and yeah. he's just waiting. And he, smart move, smart. Yeah. You know, with what he was doing. Does Jaleel Willis? Because we we brought him on originally to fight at fifty five. Then yep. he went up to seventy. You think he should go back down? Or should go down to fifty five. I don't know. He's kind of he's thick, man. He's got big legs. Yeah. You know, he's he's you know, densely muscled and stuff. So I don't know. Hmm. I know he's. He'll be the faster fighter at seventy. Seems yeah. like the faster fighter at seventy. But look, if you're if you're, <clears throat> he's not having success. Nope. So you make the adjustment. I don't know how he makes the adjustment, but that's two in a row, man. two first yeah. round fights where he got finished so you got to look and say man well, we, we got to go and take a look at what's going to change this up right now because he's a good yeah. fighter he is he's, he's an athletic person man and he's uh he's got all the tools but he's he's making mistakes that 
That was a kick by Homasi that started that off with him turning, mm-hmm. and that's what allowed Homasi to get his back and take him down and stuff. So I don't know, you know, how much it hurt him you know, with that shot. Obviously, it did the way he turned. So, you know, these things happen in fighting. Well, speaking of all the tools, but just can't seem to get a win, Darian Caldwell. <laughs> Top-level wrestler getting taken down, John. <laughs> taken down a couple times and controlled from the top position. Just... I've said this over and over. He reminds me of Mike Van Arsdale. Yes. All they do is control the top, and when they can't control the top, they start to just fold. Like, gosh, I'm not used to being here. Unbelievable. But they use so much strength yeah. trying to hold somebody down instead of striking and hitting the hooks. And he just tries to ride people and sit them to their hips. And But when you can't do that because your hands are locked the whole time, you're trying to, it, it, you're using so much strength to hold them down. You fatigue yourself. Yeah. He, I don't under I don't understand. You've he's lost so many fights where he's been in the turtle position. Stand up. And the moment I think it was the in the he end can't. of the second. He's exhausted. There's the there's the beginning of the third, I think. He came out and started throwing some awesome kicks and some combinations and he landed. Yeah. I was like, this is this is what you need to do. Relax, stay on the outside, throw up like he's got a little bit of power, he's got a little bit of pop, he's fast, he's athletic. I mean Fuck, man. Like, I don't understand. I've never met somebody who is an NC2A national champ and beat one of the best guys in, in NC2A history in wrestling in the finals. And then it seems like he has no confidence. Yeah. Like, he has... I, I don't understand what it is. I don't get it, John. I don't get it, man. I hope... I hope... I wish we would keep him because I like him. He's a nice... a very nice guy. Yeah. He's just fun to be around. You know he's got a good heart. But, um... I think this is what three, four, four losses in a row. Is it four or three? I, it, it might be three. Nope. Take a look at that because I think it's three, three in a row. Yeah, three. But I mean, but you okay? The, the one yeah. you know he was in the three because take a look at his win before his three losses. Look mm-hmm. at who he beat. That's that's what makes him the guy that you go. Man, he's got the tools. Man, he, he's yeah. he's got the ability. He's just. I actually thought he was fighting very well against Barzola, but you know when I. When I looked at Barzola, and you know, this is a guy that people look at. <laughs> when you look and say that guy fights, yeah, you look you at think, his face. You look he's at Barzola. He's, oh, he's ugly. Awesome. No, he's not ugly. He's great. He's but, ugly, John. Say no, it. Just say no. It, John. He's not. I love. I, tra- I, tra- I He trains at AKA. So I know. I'll but, tell him to his face. He's ugly. But you take a look at obviously, you know, this is a guy from Peru, training at AKA, and they, there's a reason why guys train at AKA, and you know, especially if they want to be better at their wrestling. It's this the guy grind. had like. This guy had like you know more takedowns in the UFC than Frankie Edgar. All right, so it's not that he can't wrestle; he can definitely wrestle. And he proved yeah. that against you know Caldwell, but this is a guy that's got a gas tank. He's yeah. Barzola is you know, and this is Caldwell is a Maserati. You know, he's a, he's that guy, man. He, he's he's shiny. He looks good. He's he's fast. Barzola is a. You F1 went Maserati, 50. not Ferrari. You, you went. You went. Well, you didn't yeah. go Ferrari. I mean, okay. <laughs> I like down. the I like the pitchfork. The Trident. Step down. Oh, there so, you go. so, but Barzola, he's an F one fifty man. He's that truck that's got a big gas tank and it just keeps on working. And when he, you know, finally gets you to the point where that work has put you at a deficit, that's what he did to Caldwell. He starts turning it on, and. uh 
You got to give F1, them credit. Did you say F-150? I did say an F-150 because the most popular don't go, truck Fords don't go very far, buddy. They don't go very far. <laughs> Fords don't do shit. They're usually found on the side of the road dead. Oh, you know that whole that old The Ford fast thing. on race day, even yeah. though it's a F-150. <laughs> but I mean, calm down. Dodge diesel. Say Dodge. Say a Cummins diesel. Go ahead. Cum, you have a Dodge. Cummins. How do you not say that? I just, you know. You have this, that nice little I'm, uh, fast I'm going, one. I'm going with the ones the most popular. TRX, you, baby. The TRX, the, yeah, the Raptor the killer, right? The Raptor is that what they're killer. calling it? That's it, man. The Raptor killer. I don't know if it's true. Is it, is oh, it true? Oh, it's absolutely true. It's faster e maybe than Raptor, oh, but can it do all the Raptor. jumps that the Raptor can yes. do? Yes. I don't know. I haven't seen any videos of that. Yeah, guess what? I'm not going to I'll, I'll show see. you. Yeah, please you. do. Please I do, buddy. Oh, I'm not well, doing it with no, my truck. <laughs> there goes John. No more. No more John. They have something. They have a place in Utah that the Raptors you can go to for their, I don't know if it's like their course trail. You can go there, and if you're thinking about buying one, you can take it and jump it, and they let you. It's like going to a the uh, track in Vegas to race the cars. Yeah, you know what I mean. But they have that for Raptors, and well, I think cool. it's in Utah. I think it's in Utah. That's pretty dope. All right, um, next fight. Oops. Let's go. Thing there. There we go. Oh yeah, man, podcast Dave, Dave has lost it. it. He's lost it. Uh Christopher Gonzalez against Sadawad. <laughs> <laughs> all right to say i'm just no there's a lot to say here because i'm just gonna say it right as easy as it gets in fact i'm talking with danny castillo and he goes he says the last thing in the world i would i was telling chris to do is throw the kicks because kirian fitzgibbons i talked to him mm -hmm. and said look you can you can wrestle your ass off no one's gonna take you down you, you could throw kicks with anytime you want impunity towards it go ahead what are they gonna do right and he does, and man, and Danny's, he hit him. Danny's like, no, no, don't no, tell him that. That's exactly. <laughs> Danny goes, he goes, I was so against it. He goes, look what I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's so funny. Yeah, but look, he's been working out with uh, Kieran, Kieran, you know, from uh, he's a great coach, Combat Sports Academy. He's a great coach, and, you know. And what makes Kieran so good? I'm gonna say it. he doesn't want the spotlight. We, yeah, spotlight we see holder. it all the time with guys that it. are fucking spotlight hounds and. Fucking you know, it's all about them, and then you'll get the guys, man. It's not at all. It's about fucking doing the right thing for their their people, teaching them things that are going to help them win fights, and being there when they're supposed to be there. Way to go, Kieran! Outstanding had, coach, outstanding person. We've had an AK. We've had coaches literally leave our gym because they couldn't go in the cage after <laughs> the fighter fought. Some of them left the gym because. The fighter didn't ask them to corner them, even though they were like their pad holder, you know, throughout camp, but didn't go, didn't ask them to go to corner them, you know? And so then they got pissed off and they never came back. Yeah. I'm like, this is, it's the clout chasing corners. If you have someone like that, get rid of them, get rid of them. Yeah. It's just cancer. It's just cancer in your, it's horrible, man. I can't be around negative people like that. I mainly spent my whole fight weeks, all my fight weeks from UFC 44. I spent them alone. I loved it. Like, I wanted to go eat by myself. I wanted just to make the weight by myself. I want to do all those things. I don't want people hanging around me, man. I don't, I don't need, I don't need entourages. It drives me absolutely crazy when I see these fighters with entourage. It drove me nuts when I see DC running around with like fucking 10 people running around him. I'm like, <laughs> just <laughs> fucking threw up in my mouth. I'm like, don't get me wrong, like, you know, they're friends, family, I get it, but I'm like, I can't, do, I couldn't do it during fight week. I'm like, just stay away from me, let me be, leave me alone, you know? Khabib, same thing, like, oh, in the beginning, no, but in the beginning, though, John, it was just me and, like, two other guys were the only ones that would go to corner him. 
Just it. Yeah. Like, I mean, his first four, five, three fights, I mean, then when he was with AKA, nobody wanted to go corner him. They're like, yeah, you go. Like, I, was, I was like, yeah, I'll go. I like the kid. He's a nice kid. <laughs> look at look at Look how fucking damn good he is. I'm not saying that's because of me. But I'm just simply <laughs> saying, like, you know, back then, like, he's a stud. He's a stud. He's a stud back then. Good kid, though. But he didn't have an entourage. No, now. No. Does now. Shit. Now, I mean, like, but it's it realistically, he's the guy that brings the entourage because he's trying to lift up his younger guys that he's that you know used to train under his dad or just people that you know that are from his area, you know, that train at his facility and stuff. So I get, I love that, I love that about him. So, um, all right, let's go. Uh, Dalton Rossa looked fantastic. Dwayne Johnson put on a better fight than I thought. I, I, I got, I got to give it to Dwayne. Look, coming in last minute. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I do think the gas was the biggest problem for him because yeah. he was talking, man. He was mm-hmm. talking snap during that fight. It was hysterical. He's because he's John. What the hell is talking snap? Come on, is that like an old man phrase? No, Tell man. Me. Somebody talk, commented talk, that like, what is talking snap? Talking you snap. Mean, is, same as talking shit. Talking shit. <laughs> I'm just not saying the fucking <laughs> okay. word. Yeah. Uh, you take a look, man. He was. He, he actually, you could hear him. He goes, "I'm gonna whoop your fucking ass." He goes, <laughs> <laughs> I just started laughing. I go, that's uh, awesome. Uh, but the now, Rock, the Rock, Dwayne Johnson, yeah. that's so great. I but, mean, I thought Don Rosso looked phenomenal, man. I, I, he is, he's built like a Greek god. I mean, he's yeah. only like five six. He's so small. <laughs> he's not. He's Anyways. not that tall. If you're gonna say the, as far as the, but he's not five six. I'd say he's five ten, maybe five four. <laughs> but um, he he was supposed to fight um. Romero Cotton, who's a teammate of mine. For the third and, time. Uh, yeah, I know. I think they're going to just get rid of that fight. I, I don't think it's going to happen. No. I, well, I don't, I, I don't think Dalton Rasta will accept it again because he's saying, why? And you got you got to be honest and look at it. You got to say, why am I going to take a, another time, another fight with a guy that all these times has had to pull out? Yeah. Now, that this one wasn't Romero's fault. I know that. Yeah. But you're preparing for someone and then... That's not the guy you end up fighting, and after a while you go, I, no, don't even, don't even give me his name, and I don't blame him. No, it's true, it's true. Um, Nikita against Blaine Shut. Blaine Shut did way better than I thought. You th- even you thought he yep. was gonna. Uh, he I looked good. He, yeah, well, he's tough, and he. But you gotta, I, I gotta, I gotta go all the way back to Mikhailov. First off, technically he's very good, and I love the fact that he finished the fight. Mm-hmm. Going because it, it was boring as fuck until well he was dominating you know the action yeah, but he didn't of it do it, no part. activity he's the not same, enough the same knock on him I have the same knock on him as that I have with Mamadov it's like when they get on top they didn't do shit yeah. I was like you got to do something man yeah. if you want to win damage. you got to do something yeah yep, I agree but mm-hmm. the kid's gonna be good yeah he's gonna be good man what is he he's only got what one or two losses one one yeah mm-hmm yeah. I mean, he's good. He's got great wrestling. I was surprised because he was having a lot of success on the feet early in the fight. Yeah, and then went and then to he, wrestling. And then he went to wrestling. I'm like, I felt like that's it frustrated me because I was watching. Then when I got to the Bader fight, and then Bader rocks Moldovsky, and then the same thing. He goes right to the wrestling. I'm like, what are you doing? Get out of the clinch. Fucking finish him. What are These you doing? are all people that have been listening to you saying wrestle. <laughs> yeah, wrestle, 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 wrestle. Uh, but hey, this uh, I t- we just talked about. We did a promo on this guy yesterday. Not on this guy, but in terms yeah, of wrestling and young, up. talented jujitsu guys. Lucas Brennan, what a stud! 
You know, his dad, Chris Brennan, was a, a fighter for years, fought in all the top organizations. Shit, him and his dad, were, him and I were supposed to fight a couple of times. I just felt old right there. <laughs> feel old right there. He's got a 21-year-old son, and I was, like, supposed to fight his dad. That's how fucking old, man. That's crazy. But uh, his son's absolute stud. I mean, he's slowly bringing him along. He's 21. Being very smart got, you know, with he's, him. Got some good wrestling. He's got, you know, he's got standout jujitsu. He's just getting better. He's going to get a lot better. And uh, his stand-up's coming, al- it's coming around. His confidence is you know. getting higher yeah. and higher, and you can see it. You know, he's, he's mm-hmm. when he first in, you know, nothing, you watch guys in, when they're just starting, and you go, man, he's nervous. And, of yeah. course, there's a lot riding on it for him. It's so important to them. But you see now the confidence as he's walking into the cage and the confidence once the fight starts that, he knows, you know, and we said, look, as soon as, as soon as he gets his hands on Lugo, and, and I had watched Ben Lugo fight many times. He is a good fighter. He has got a lot of skill. He's a tough dude. But you take a look at those levels, and Lucas Brennan was born on the mats. He has mm-hmm. lived his entire life on the mats, and it's not only the jujitsu. He combines and he, you know, intertwines that wrestling, American wrestling, and jujitsu together and it's it's not an easy thing to understand or to stop if you're not a guy that does both of them well and his setup on you know he's always transitioning to the next thing and you watched him on this you know choke that he gets a lot of people thought we're thinking it's a guillotine you know you're looking at it as an arm triangle because it really is the way his arm is but they call it the assassin choke what a beautiful submission pulled off flawlessly you know, everything he did put Lugo, he's a step behind now. Now he's two mm-hmm. steps behind. Uh, he's three steps behind. He's never going to catch up yeah. in the position he's at. And that's what a good submission fighter does. And Lucas Brennan has got it. If you end up, you know, being matched up against Lucas Brennan, you you realize, I can't. I cannot think that I'm going to go to the ground and do well with this guy. He's always yeah. going to be transitioning and trying to get – another move ahead and I'm going to catch, you know, get myself to the point where I can't catch up. So he looked fantastic, (laughs) you know, kudos to him and kudos to his dad for being a guy so smart to handle his son the right way. Tell him, Hey, we're going to go this route. We're not going to go after money in the beginning. We're going to go after learning and getting comfortable in the fight game. And then we'll go after the, the big names and the big money. Well, John, you got to take into consideration. There's a lot. It's, a lot of it has to do with Lucas in terms of I know his dad's trying to guide him the right in the right direction, but at that age, you think you can be undefeated, you think you can sure. be better than everything, and and he's letting his dad guide him in the right direction. That's his right, dad's been there, done that, and young kids are like, yeah, you don't know what you're talking. About. I'm gonna, I need to fight for the title, and you start bringing it up. He's not. I want to be that. the he's youngest like, no. champion. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, you know, I'm gonna just keep doing what I'm doing, and what's important in this sport is longevity. Because the longer you fight, the more money you make. Yeah. Like it's not, it, to be a flash in the pan, you know, sure, you can make a lot of money real quick, but what do you do for the next 45 years of your life? <clears throat> you know, make a lot of money throughout, take care of your body, do the best you can. And I think this kid's going to have a, a bright career. Uh, we, we saw the deflation of Big Tuna. Ads. It was a. Look, he's tough, John. We're not going to take anything away. He's still tough. He's still tough. He has tough dude. He just, he just, you could tell that Coley was just the better wrestler, the better control fighter. Physicality. Physicality was a key. 
definitely was a key. Yeah. So, um, I mean, does Big Tuna go to 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 one eighty five though? Can could. he make one eighty five? He actually you know? could. He doesn't you know? have that like, big not... of a frame. No. Well. I mean, he's thick. Like you can tell, he's thick. You know, he's got like thick hips and shit. Yeah. You know, but uh, but he moves really well for he does for a big guy. Again, the guy he can just... fight, man. You know, he he just got overwhelmed again. Physicality, a very mm-hmm. good wrestler a guy that's actually got good stand-up too and then when he was in the top position he was laying he was laying some heat down on him because he's learned he did a beautiful job of lacing the arm pulling his arm away opening up with his free hand he just had ben Parrish in a position where he was defending i know ben was upset that the fight got stopped because he wants to go on you know and yeah it possibly he could have gone farther but he's if you're unable to get yourself out of that position and that referee is saying, hey, you got to move, and you can't, and you're taking shots, that's why the referee stopped the fight. He's saying, yeah. you've been checkmated. You can't get out of there. I'm not going to just let you, let you be a punching bag here. You know, and I, I understand Ben's, you know, you know, let, you know, let me go out on my shield. He did. You know, you, yeah. you did the best you could on that night. You know, regroup, come back again. I would love to yeah. see, you know, I like Ben Parrish's attitude. I, I would hope that, you know, Bellator actually would sign it. I think he's fun to watch. I like the way he comes in. I like his energy at the weigh-ins. I like yeah, his energy everything. throughout the week of the fight, the meetings, the yep. the, the press conferences and stuff. He's fun, man. Yeah. He's, a, he's, he's a good And he's got one of the guys. I don't know why I love the big have. tuna nickname, but it's love, fantastic. That's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, guys, that wraps up our coverage of the Bellator 273. And uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. And hopefully you guys made some money, too, when you guys went to mybookie.ag and used our promo code Wayne. And hopefully you guys made a little bit of cash on some of the bets we talked to you about. Um, I thought some of the fights that I thought were going to be exciting ended up being horrible. (laughs) And some of the fights that I thought were going to be boring ended up still really good. Absolutely phenomenal. And this is the fight game, man, like we were talking about. When you got guys like Sabah Hamasi and DeCastro on both the different fight cards, hitting submissions, like that's when you realize you don't know anything don't about know the shit. sport anymore. You don't know <laughs> shit about MMA. So uh, overall, though, I mean, I I thought, you know, we had what? How many finishes did we have on the card? There was One, nine two, fights. Three, four, five. A lot. Yeah. Five, six. I want to say we had five. Six. six. So six, six finishes, and I think it was what? Nine fights? Ten? I was going to say, wasn't there only like you know, two or three uh, decisions? One, two, yeah. Three. Because we had well, we had the technical decision. the the last The last three all went to the decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Technical decision was the uh, Aiden Lee fight. Anyways, good, good. It was a. I had a lot of people reaching out to me, going, "Man, the, the definitely the co-main and the main event delivered. Great fights. They were impressed with Sabah Masi. A lot of people were watching the prelims on YouTube, you know, here in the states, and uh, they were like, "Man, these guys are good. These they're it was phenomenal fights." So I was like, "All right, that's cool. I like to hear that." Instead of all this negative energy of like, oh, you know, Bellator sucks. And this, I'm like, ah, oh, these kids are good. They're I really love good. the haters. I love yeah, them. I love them when they, they'll re, you know, try to say something on Twitter. It's like, you know, oh, hey, no, 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 no. And I was just, most of the time, I'll, you know, I don't even, I'm not going to even respond. I, I had one yeah. guy sit there and say, you know, because uh, my son was working that event. And, and I love when people say, oh, what a conflict. You're commentating and you have a son that's judging. It's like, I work for Bellator. He's working for an athletic commission. I didn't. I didn't hire him. You stupid shit, right? 
But I can also tell you that John yells at his son too after the fight sometimes oh, when he does when he does bad things. I yell at all of he's them. He's like, yeah, he's like, no, you got to look at this. You got to look at that. I mean, look, there's meetings afterwards, and I'm gonna tip my hat to John on this, and I don't like to clout him anymore because he's got a big head. But it really does come down to like a lot of these a lot of these refs come to John afterwards and go, hey, like, how did I make this mistake? Did I stop it too early? Did I stop it too late? You know, um, what what should I have seen? Like the fence grabs. From uh, Mamadov, Mamadov and Henderson. Very, yeah, both, both, yeah, both. Henderson was grabbing with his toes. Yep. Whereas Mamadov was grabbing with his hands, like full, full fist, you know, um, offense. But th- we see, we saw it throughout uh, as well. I think Moldovsky grabbed the fence a couple times as well. Yeah. And so, like, in those situations and those scenarios, I mean, the refs come back and they start talking to John. You know, and we're having. Well, you're having drinks, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Still doing well. Still doing well. Thank I had a you very beer. much. I, and I don't. You got it. You got to admit, I was. I did not try to force you. In you any you way. asked. You want one? And you started well, pushing the beer towards me. I didn't. Like, yeah, uh, you want one, <laughs> John? The, the problem that I have with not drinking, right, is this: I fucking drink more soda, and that's worse. <laughs> you do. You that's drink worse. Coke. Might as well just drink. I know. I just. I went through like three or four tall glasses of Coke at dinner because I couldn't drink, and I'm like. <laughs> This is this is not a good situation. Anyways, <clears throat> overall, good night of fights. Uh, Dave, what do you got for news for us, buddy? Okay, well, I would be remiss if we did not discuss. <laughs> you women. better not bring up anything with the WWE. Uh, I mean, it's close. It's close. <laughs> it doesn't have those letters in it. But um, Jake uh, Paul over the weekend released a diss track on Dana White. Oh, yeah. Um, And, you know, hilarious. I know that you guys saw it. I saw it as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was, it was an interesting, uh, it was an interesting thing oh, that took place in MMA. Well, if some of you guys listened to us last week when we were talking about the UFC and the main event and the heavyweights and everything getting going, you guys could have taken our advice, won a little extra money. We had the right, we had the right winner, and how the, the fight was going to get done. But go to mybookie.ag, use that promo code weighing in, where most people made some money off of us from that, from our calls and the decisions in which we made. For this, these main events. Now, there was some fights, obviously, we weren't always right on, but we did narrow it down to some good stuff for you guys to pick and choose, especially in the in-between and round bettings. So you guys, go to mybookie.ag, use that promo code WAYNEIN. There's also a QR code right over there. You guys can use that one. And when you guys use that QR code, it takes you right to our page. You guys can do your initial deposit, which they will give you a little bit of extra spending cash with that QR code at mybookie.ag. Use that promo code WAYNEIN. You've got the NFL playoffs that are happening as well. Go ahead and there's plenty of sports to gamble on right now to try to make a little extra cash during these times. But make sure you guys use our promo code WAYNEIN at mybookie.ag. Okay, if you go back a couple of shows and I said Dana's in over his head with this guy, when it comes mm-hmm. to social media, he needs to stop. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Yeah. He's in over his head. Yeah. Jake Paul can bring this to a different level. I, I got to tell you, I'm now a Jake Paul fan. <laughs> He's cracking me up, dude. It is. It's hilarious, John. Jake, I, wa- I want to issue an apology to you. I want to say I'm sorry about, you know, the poodle haircut thing that I said. I want to apologize to say, you know, anything that was bad because you are killing me, dude. You are absolutely making me just crack up. And so I want to thank you for that because this... No, don't this video is was... kind of behavior, John. Don't encourage this type of shit. Hey, you got to be honest. When someone comes and puts one on somebody like this, mm-hmm. you go... 
Wow. Yeah. And he's after him, and he's just destroying him. Yeah. I'm not going to apologize to Jake Paul. You're on your own there, buddy. <laughs> it's okay. Okay? Poodle hair is what I'm going to call him. That's what he's going to be. I, it, he's going to just control the social media platforms. <sighs> Left and right. Now, I heard he joined with an investment company that now owns a, a big portion of a whatever the majority company is. portion. Yeah, the majority portion that owns the UFC. So Endeavor. I, I don't know how that's going to work with Endeavor. Yeah, I don't know. He bought stock or something like that, and they took over fifty one percent of the stock. I don't know. So maybe they have a little bit of clout now, and they're able to uh, make some changes in terms of the sport. Who knows? I mean, yeah. But he's finding ways to get into get under Dana's uh, skin. Oh, man. Dana needs to just stop. Just leave Dana, him alone just, and stop. Just ignore him. Ignore him. Done. Just ignore him. Not gonna even do what th- you do. The only someone that's almost a, in his Dana's press conferences. Yeah, in his in his in his press conference and stuff, and a reporter says, you know, you know, Jake Paul. He says, next. Just don't even yeah. acknowledge anything with it, man. It's yeah. let it go. Yeah, you're going to lose, man. You're yeah, you can't win this platform. one. You guys are so wrong the- because the only way Dana White comes out of this is by releasing his own diss track. <laughs> that is the only way if, out. if Dana comes out releasing uh, a song. He t- uh, uh, God mode. God mode. He should, he, he, God mode. He should, he should just have... Um, a poodle walking around on on his on his track, a, just have like a poodle with little or yeah, little boxing trucks on, little pink like, red in it or something. Poodle, or like he should run up and kick a poodle and like that. Kick a poodle. Oh, that would do. That would do Dana well. Yeah. Now he's got Peta uh, again. Now he's got Peta on his ass. Make it a stuffed uh, animal, Peta uh, poodle. All right, what else? All you right, got? let's help into some real news now. So, uh, Zabit released a video on his Instagram, um, and in the video he says. On February 28th, I will simply destroy someone. So he's in, suggesting that he's got an opponent booked for late February. Well, it's coming up. <laughs> that's only a month away. Yeah. So I, I would think that we would know release. it. I mean, unless he's fighting in a different organization, which I don't no, think No, he he's can, still under contract with yeah, UFC. You look, think, at the, right? look at the beat is good mm-hmm. he's good in a multitude of ranges and styles and he's so freaking tall and long for the 145 pound division just say it john say it tall long and lanky baby thank you someone thank take you, a drink friends. thank you my friends that's our next shirt tall long and lanky. take a shot <laughs> but i mean to sit there and say i you know, if, if he knows of an opponent that he's got and stuff that's great but i would love to see him back the guy can he's just good yeah, if I look at the mix-up in that in that category, like who he could fight, I mean, he's already beaten Calvin Cater, but I mean, having him fight any of them, I would like to see him fight Yair. I think oh, yeah. be a phenomenal fight. Phenomenal fight. I know they were booked that fight, what, three or four times, I think they booked yeah, it. Yeah, before. Yair decided to leave the company because he didn't want to fight. <laughs> he didn't want to fight. I don't... Yeah, he's like, no, no, I'm, I'm good. I'll just I go ahead. No reason to fight that guy. Yeah. I don't want to fight Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> he's a stud, though. He he's a guy that's tall, long, and lanky. He's got a lot. He's got a lot of pop, and he's got good wrestling. He's phenomenal submissions. I mean, I hope to see him back because I think he would really mix up that division. And he was, what was he ranked number like three or something he's like that? Size when he's size. Oh, yeah. Him and Yair would be great. Him and Brian Ortega would be great. You know, the size of Brian Ortega would give him, I think, a little bit of problems. You know, but uh, I but it would be know. a great fight. 
You don't think so? Uh, I think I think he can give problems to everybody there, including the champ. He's no, I I agree with that. But the guys that are used to being the taller and longer fighters, like John Jones, when he fought Gus, you fight yeah. someone that's the same, like equally you, the same. Sometimes, yeah, as you. you you'll see a difference. Yeah, you'll see a little bit of difference. Like, oh shit, the punches I used to be able to like land and get out of the way, now they're hitting me. Yeah. Oh shit, like I've never been hit this much. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he's phenomenal. Next, all right, next story. Um, Kat Zingano has come out and um, she said that she's hearing Chris Cyborg is refusing a drug test. Uh, I'm not sure if it's obviously true or not. Uh, don't know if Kat's just trying to promote the fight, but Cyborg comes out and responds. Uh, hey Zingano, why are you lying? I haven't refused any drug tests. I'm ready whenever you are. Behind the scenes, you keep saying to Bellator, you need more time to prepare for me. You need a different opponent first. Now you go on social media with lies and smear campaigns and excuses. Sad. Hmm. I think I think there's probably a little bit of the truth between the two things. No, there's not. Cat, no, 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 no. Maybe, maybe, maybe you know. I would. I know that Cat probably wants a little bit more time. Okay. That two is Cat's probably asking for her to be drug tested earlier, and she's probably there's no reason to. There's the commissions run the drug testing, but Cat's like, no, I want her to be drug tested. You know, throughout the week, throughout the camp. And she's probably like, there's one way to do this. Maybe it's not even presented. There's one way to do that. One way for Kat to get that done, you know, in a fashion that's possible for it to work because it is the commissions that are going to run the testing and they'll decide when someone is going to get tested. The, The UFC uses USADA for their testing. And sometimes, you know, there are commissions that will use that same USADA program that the UFC is doing with their fighters and accept those drug tests. California won't do it anymore because they've mm-hmm. they've had problems with USADA and, and uh, some of their testing and what they've done. You don't say. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> so, but the the problem here is what <laughs> because Cat says I want you to drug test. She has no right to say that as far as you know any power with it or anything like that. Chris has tested multiple times, you know, and she's passed all the tests. And for her to, you know, she doesn't have to say no. There's when someone tells her, "Hey, you're going to take a drug test," she takes the drug test. The problem is that if Cat wants to do this, then Cat should go and say, "Look, I would like to do." VADA, voluntary anti-drug testing. I will pay for it. I'll pay for it for me, and I'll pay for it for you. But it's expensive. And so that's the way for, you know, if you want to try to draw someone into that because you're saying, I believe that you're doing something, that's your way of drawing them into it. Go to a company or an association like VADA, that voluntary drug testing, say, I will pay for this. Then Chris is in a position where it's like, if she doesn't do it, then it looks like, why are you not doing it? You got nothing to hide. Don't worry about it. But John, I think people need to understand that these commissions now, like when people say, oh, they have USADA. These, not all, but like California, Vegas, New York. I mean, there's some of these commissions now, once that contract is signed, they'll just show up at your door. That's at right. any time, that's and right. Say, hey, you need you need to go to LabCorp right now. And that's you have right. Two hours to get. You have there. an hour to get to Quest Diagnostics. You have the <laughs> yeah, yeah whatever. something like that. Yeah, you have, yeah, and that they did that to me all the damn yes. time. Because I, mean, yes. I was, I mean, you know, I was 
I was good looking. I was always shredded, even at 40 years old. I mean, that's, I mean, I understood. <laughs> I got it. I, I got it. Yeah, you know, that they, they just would call, but randomly they would just, you know, call you and say, Hey, that's right. This is so-and-so from the commission. You need to show up here at LabCorp, you know, within the next 45 minutes, it's already booked. It's already paid for. Get there. This yep. is the address. We Here's your number. The one that's closest that's right. to your house. They know it's the one closest to your house. Yeah. And then also if you told them no, because there was one time I was uh, in San Francisco at the time and uh and they're like okay there's one in san francisco and they made the, they changed it oh, yeah. right there on the spot that's right Hold so on. where are you exactly. yeah where are you here you go yeah. yeah so the commissions are just as good as in terms of the usada now not all commissions no that's Absolutely. the other thing not that's all right. commissions that's right and so um i understand where cats where cats coming from um paying for it is ridiculous but to think that these commissions are not Doing a good job is just ridiculous. Um, I have developed a really good relationship with Andy Foster, who's the California uh, Commission. What do you call him? Executive officer. The executive officer. Okay. Um, he's an absolutely amazing person. Yep. Uh, he's a really good, good person. Um, but he has randomly called me at all hours of the night saying, hey, you need to be here at this time to get this test. And, you know, and it is what it is you know, to make sure that you're a clean fighter. I don't see a problem with that. I think California does a phenomenal job. Um, think about this. Even when they retested uh, John, when John, and they, they still found, they found picograms in oh, his yeah. system. Yeah. You know, it's not like their testing's any, like, what's it called? USADA's testing's not any better the than same. the commission's. It's the same thing. Oh. It's the same exact thing. And then now what I love is when these, once that contract is signed, you're guaranteed to fight. They can show up at any time and they can test you. But that's I, mean, the, I remember that's the point. What people need to understand is what you just said. Once you sign the contract, yeah, because see, Cat has not signed a contract, mm -hmm. and Chris has not signed a contract, so no one can make either one test right now yeah. as a commission because you, they have to sign the contract and now apply for the license. Yep. And once they're licensed, they can be tested. Mm -hmm. no, you got to figure in California. You did a lot of your fights in California, so it was easy for them with you because you were already licensed. So your license runs for a year. And so you have that license, so you fight, you know, on, and all of a sudden they get a thing that you're going to be fighting. You haven't, you know, you didn't have to reapply for a license, so the fight is three months out, and they go, hey, we want you to show up here. They have you in that three-month window that oh, they'll yeah. test you multiple times. Oh, they got you by the short and curlies for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so, like, you... You can just you can just be forced to show up at any time, or mm -hmm. they'll come to your gym. Oh yeah, and be like, hey, we're already here in San Jose. Like we, we're just randomly just the commissioner will just stop by and be like, we need you to pee in a cup. Look, Mike Mazzuli, who runs the <laughs> Mohegan Sun Tribal, he showed up in Croatia to test Mirko Krokop. <laughs> you know, you go That's all of a sudden it's like knocking on the door. It's like they'll they'll do that. Wow. Yeah, I don't know about Croatia. Yeah, that's a long no, way. Oh man! Once once he had once he had uh, applied for the license, all of a sudden he had someone there at his door. And it happens. Yeah. All right. Next. All right. All right. Let's wrap up on this one, um, and then anything else we will move to the midweek show. So, um, Mike Tyson basically comes out and says that he doubts he's ever going to fight again. Um, and then this is a this is a quote um, that was taken. 
guys, guys want to fight me for a hundred million. I don't think I'll ever do this stuff like that anymore. I wanted to do the first time against Roy Jones Jr. just for fun, to have fun. Some people took it to another level and made it financial and the fun went out of it. Yeah. Though he is somebody who throughout his career, um, I wouldn't say he squabbled away hundreds of millions of dollars, but yes. I would say he was misguided yes. by people that people he stole from him. Yeah, his including his ex wife. Oh, his ex wife and on. her fucking mom. Bunch of fucking scumbags. You know? And um, you know, and then not to mention, you know, what was uh his manager. This just everyone, I mean, was it Don King was charging him for those little slits and cuts, right? In the towel. Yeah. The towel he wore over, he would charge him. Some astronomical he amount got charged of money. Eighty-seven thousand dollars for white for, towels. For white towels. Okay. Do you know how many fucking white towels you would have to buy at Walmart or somewhere like that to reach eighty-seven thousand yeah. dollars? Hmm. Ridiculous. Yeah. Just a you know. I mean, he made his own bad decisions as well. I mean, I had heard stories that he bought his whole crew Range Rovers or Land Rovers when they first came out. You know, had like his those, tigers. And, and, yeah, he had his tigers. I mean, I whatever. I mean, <clears throat> but uh, he was also young. What was he, 22, 24, 23, you know, somewhere in there. He's young. So he's 21 um, is the champ. That, yeah, making mistakes, just knocking everyone out. And then, you know, lost his mentor who kind of guided him and kept him on track, you know. Um, but regardless, I like the fact that he's he's comes from the old school. Like, I have no desire to fight these these kids. You know, well, these kids I, that want to. I like the fact that he's in a position now mm-hmm. that he's comfortable enough with where he's at. He has money, but he also realizes money's not the end all. And hey, I'm not going to just do something just to do it for the money. I, I have to have a, a reason for wanting to do it. I have to have a purpose in doing it. And I don't have that anymore. And so good for you, Mike. You know, yeah. we, we were just we were just in an argument. What? Two days ago. People asking us about you know, who's the most you know recognizable ah. person you know and it really came down between you know nowadays was it you know sports wise Mike Mike Tyson or Michael Jordan both guys that are mm-hmm. retired guys yeah. but this guy is everyone knows who Mike Tyson is just about yeah it's yeah. crazy absolutely like if you're gonna say like if I see these two guys walking down the street I'm gonna see Jordan first only because he's six six he's taller. Yeah, or whatever, however tall he is. I think he's 6'6". Six, six. Anyways, yeah, he's six, six. but you're going to see him first. Yeah. But if you look a little bit to the right or the left, oh, shit, that's fucking Mike Tyson. Like, you really split in hairs when you're talking about who's the most recognizable, you know? But, like, in a crowd, you're going to pick out the taller guy because he stands out more. That's really what it comes down to. That's why basketball players are so popular because you can see them fucking all the way across the room in a nightclub. You know, you can't see us short guys, five, six guys. Shit, what are you going to do? So it's, it's, I mean, but then you start going through the list of other fighters, or not just fighters, but other, other athletes. Who's the most recognizable athletes in the world right now? I mean, I'd probably say maybe Tom Brady, but then we're talking about worldwide. Worldwide. Christi- I would say. Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo. I would say, what's the, uh, what's the other one? Neymar. Messi. Those, the, and Messi. Those three are the top three guys, you know, um, what's, uh, what's his name? Uh, Mbappe, I think is his name, uh, but he's. You know, but I see, I wouldn't, I couldn't pick him out in a crowd, but I mean, I mean, but I you know. Could def- definitely pick out Tyson Fury. Six yeah. Nine. Yeah. Yeah. You could. He's six nine. It's insane. Um, you know, but, uh, but yeah, but I think, I think Tyson is definitely up there in the top two or three in terms yeah. of recognizable. 
Worldwide. We're talking worldwide, worldwide. guys, not just the U.S. Yeah, because Tom Brady's more like they don't have they very rarely have football in the U.K. once a year or twice a year. You know, Real and football. um, Real What's football, that? just for clarification. You don't even know what the fuck soccer is. Just, <laughs> <laughs> this guy, this guy, man. You've watched WWE and Royal Rumble. He's, he's tweeting and texting all night long about how Ronda Rousey's back and da 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 da. John and I are just shaking our heads, going, "Damn, what is going on? How did we hire such a guy?" I swear, it's like mentality of a fucking four-year-old. I love it. Though. It's because I walked in the room and Josh I do. I do like, love that you like. I do love it though that you like it though. I, I actually, actually, I kind of think it's yeah because it gives me I something it's cool. to just, just tease the you to no end about. No, I used How does to a like grown it. Man, when I was a kid, get John, that into it. it. You were a kid. I know, but I, I I didn't I see when I hit like sixteen, seventeen, and the Rock was around. I never got into it, and that I heard that was like the golden hours of uh, it. It was like I loved staying up until midnight to watch, you know, Hulk Hogan, King Kong Bundy, the Junkyard Dog. I mean, Sugar Fies, you know, Snooka. Like, come on, man, Jimmy those are like Superfly. Yes, I mean, like you just and if you want to, I don't know those those were if my. You want to wage on which heavyweight fight? This weekend Big was John bigger. Stud. I mean, I, I'd be happy to throw down, throw down a twenty. <laughs> and no, <laughs> come on. But he's talking about the WWE. Which 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 heavyweight fight was bigger? <laughs> but but, me, but in all fairness, the the Royal Rumble or whatever it was the 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 heavyweight fight between Brock and Bobby, which both of them are huge. <clears throat> um, that fight, that that whole thing. Was bigger than anything that was done the last couple of weeks. Yeah, exactly. Doesn't matter. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because no, no, there's that's that's how many kids are no, in the world. Exactly, exactly. Here's the here's the problem with it. Both of those guys have actually fought for real. <coughs> Both of those guys could actually step into a cage and fight, and that would be kind of interesting. I'd like to see them fight. But the fact that someone else, a la a Vince McMahon, can sit there and say. Bobby, you're going to win, and we're going to have you win by other people jumping in and helping you. But the referee is a fucking moron, so he's going to sit there and give the three count, and you're going to be champion of the WWE. Who gives a fuck? I <laughs> it's love this. Stupid. I, but I'm like, I think to myself, like, who, insane how they script this stuff, Dave. Oh, ridiculous. I'm just like, man, this is insane. Like, who thinks this shit up and how they get it all to mesh and work well together on live TV is is absolutely remarkable. Well, Absolutely. When I used to go, I was going to say, if Connor can do it in real time, are we talking about this crap more? If, if Connor can do it in real time, you got to imagine how easy it is to to plan it ahead of time. Oh, Connor geez. can do it in, Not in the spot. In the spot, what? He can the spot? he can promote and book a story the way the way Vince does, but Connor does it off the cuff. I mean, you look at all his press conferences. Some some of the most memorable moments in the sports history. Yeah, but at least you know he's going to be fighting for real, and the other guy yeah. has a a, a chance, chance, an ability to punch him in the face and make him, you know, eat his words. Where with this crap, you know, everything they do is scripted. <laughs> yeah, everything, everything. Oh, he's going to jump off the the turnbuckle at this time. Okay, then I'm going to swing you around after that, and it's we're going to do this. That, then, not that cool. That's yeah. what it takes away. It's not. No, it's it not that. Not not it to that dead. degree, though. 
A lot. There's a lot of like when I when, oh, okay, it's heavy, okay. It's heavily. May, may, yeah, it's heavily because when I watched when I watched the documentary on Hulk Hogan, I think it was a big and uh, Andre the Giant. It was scripted to yeah, the very tease. Like, no, we talked about okay, take two steps no. here. Okay, elbow me here. Yes. Oh watch no, the they do. On depends. It. Depends they, on the, yeah. depends on the match. They plan the, the big, big ones. Spots. But they don't plan like two steps. Yeah. Here. Well, that was the big no, spot. That, that's because, remember because the big they're slam. talking through it during the match. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, yeah, exactly. It's dumb. <laughs> they scripted beforehand, though. All right. Well, hey, hopefully you guys enjoyed the show. Hit that uh, subscribe button on our YouTube channel, but also go to prosentees.com/slash Wayne in. We're gonna have to maybe change this up a little bit. I think um, we'll start looking. If he, if any of you guys can suggest some sites for us to start taking our clothes to a different level. Cause I want to try to get more than just t-shirts. I want some hoodies, some hats and uh, start getting this into a different program. I think they can offer more. Cause I think we've had a lot of people reaching out to us. People like fan, we, John and I, I think we're both more recognizable now for the podcast than we were ever in our careers. Yep. <laughs> it's like, it's pretty funny. Cause they can't go anywhere, man. The podcast is so great. We love it. Uh, I'm like, man, we just gotta get rid of podcast. Dave. <laughs> Right. I'm the reason you're as popular as you are, Josh. Nothing. Oh, nothing would there ever, it is. Nothing would ever work around here because John and I don't even know how to use a damn camera. Oh, my God. We, we can't even update our software on our laptops. <laughs> it's like, uh, all right. Well, hey, go to prowrestlingtees.com slash Wayne in. Use that promo code. And still, and uh, pick up one of our new Beast Mode shirts. We got it in black. We got it in Heather Gray, I think is what it is. But uh, it's, it's a really cool design done by uh, John Wayshek who is a fantastic artist, but it's a phenomenal shirt. Also, we got all the other ones, Karate Kid, Terminator, uh, Home Improvement, all of these things. So great stuff with our original logo on there as well. That's like one of my favorite shirts, though, the original logo. I like that. It's simple. Simple. Very simple. Um, Go to our YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button there. Go to our Wayne and Extras channel, hit the subscribe button there as well. We want to thank you guys. We do a show there called Wayne Interjection. It's caught a little bit of steam lately and uh, it's picking up and that channel is starting to take off as well. We want to thank you guys for following us and being loyal to us. And John, after this long weekend of <laughs> fucking flights, I'm just That's done. I'm like, for everyone out there, man, sorry that this is late, but it's because Josh and I couldn't get home. <laughs> that mm-hmm. was really what it was. It took us a long time and we finally got here. That's why we put this on for you guys so you have this information because we love talking to you. Thank you for everyone that comes up to us and tells us they enjoy the podcast. Go out there, do something special for someone, pay it forward, and we will see you.